When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the World of Work podcast, brought to you by the Aggie Evo System, UC Davis Athletics' one-of-a-kind initiative that focuses on preparing student-athletes for a successful launch into life after graduation. Happy Thursday, Aggie Evo fans. If it's Thursday, it must be time for the Aggie Evo World of Work Coffee Talk podcast, our weekly effort to help student-athletes better know and navigate the world of work by introducing them to some of the extraordinary humans that have walked the pathways of UC Davis and then found their way into amazing things in the outside world. I have to say, all of these conversations are fun, but I'm super excited about this one today because I have very clear memories of this extraordinary human's first days on campus. And now I get to interview her with a different name for the podcast. Kayla Livingstone. It's good to see you, my friend. Hello. That's weird to hear, Livingston. (laughs) Um, For those that do not know, Kayla is married to a young man named um, Darius, who is arguably one of the most famous people to ever be at UC Davis because he has such an exceptional personality and such presence and charisma uh, and was uh, such a wonderful part of the leadership at UC Davis. And I cannot think of a more powerful Aggie couple. So this is super fun. And I can't wait to see what you do to do in the world. But um, let's start with just going back to where you are now. So if you don't mind, tell us your current status, what you're doing and what that means. So right now I'm in grad school at University of the Pacific. Um, I'm at the Sacramento campus um, and I am getting my doctorate in occupational therapy. Um, What is occupational therapy, you ask? Actually, I've been getting good practice with this because in our professional development class, I have to explain because many people get us confused with physical therapists. Um, But what OT is, is we are working with people across their lifespan, um, just working with them in their function, functionality and their capability of doing everyday activities. Um, So for some people, they struggle with, you know, showering, their hygiene or just walking. So like I would help them with that, um, whether it's uh, biomechanically or even mentally. So we do that. Um, And where it's very client centered, um, a big focus is on the biopsychosocial model. Um, And so still learning about it. Um, It's only my fourth week in school, but having a really good time with it. Um, 
So I'm excited to see um, where it goes. Well, congrats. Um, and I, I want to d- drill down on a couple of things you said, because it's a very important point. And a bunch of students over the years have asked me, what's the difference between PT and OT or didn't even know what OT was. So first thing, PT um, in the not too distant past switched from a master's to a doctorate program. So you have to do a DPT now to be a physical therapist. And it's typically a three-year program. How does that relate to the OT world? So for OT, so that was in like, I want to say 2012, 2015, like around there that they switched. OT is still master's um, and doctorate. So they're still allowing both. But in 2027, it will switch to just a doctorate. Um, And there's a lot of, um, what's the word, like bickering, I guess you could say, with changing it from a master's to doctorate. One, because of the amount of money. Um, the time mine is an accelerated program, so it'll be 32 months, um, with the last, yeah, with the last six months being all clinical in the clinical field, um, my field work like level two. Um, so like I said, a couple more years of having it both, but I actually was accepted into Dominican, um, out in the Bay area and they're a master program. And so, I was originally going to go there like I accepted because I was the one that I got accepted into. And then a couple months later, I got into UOP um, and they were the doctorate. And I was having a little trouble like choosing which one um, Mm -hmm. just because I was like, I could be in school for two years or a little more. Um, I could be Dr. Livingston or just the master's by my name. But it kind of came down to what I wanted to get out of it. So. With a doctorate, I can be a teacher, like I can go to conferences, I can talk there, I can um, get a specialty in something. So like what I'm most interested in is in doing pediatrics. So after school, I'll have to get um, my specialty in pediatrics. But if I did the master's, I would have to go like master's, doctorate, and then get that specialty. So it kind of takes out another or it takes out another step, but it also adds um, a lot more. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so to your question, the difference between the two in schooling wise, it's pretty much the same um, with years and what you're getting. But obviously we do. We work very closely with PTs. Um, there's actually a badge that we all got and it says I'm not a PT <laughs> um, just because there's so much uh, confusion with it. Um, but yeah, so. In terms of schooling, same. In terms of what we do, different. Well, that was well said. And of course, you made the wise, insightful choice of do the doctor now. Why not? And be Dr. Livingston. You probably don't remember this, but my doctor is from Pacific. So I am Dr. Lorenzen of the Pacific. You will be Dr. Livingston of the Pacific. So I do remember you saying that. Go Tigers. Yeah. I, think that, I think that's our mascot. Yeah, we are. Oh, I think we are. <laughs> That's probably something like, something we should know. Something like that. We'll we'll figure it out at some point. Well, that's uh, very fun. And I'm psyched to know you're going to pediatrics. I think you're going to be extraordinary at that. And um, to summarize, PTs and OTs can work together. OTs also, um, you'll be able to work on your own, I think, right? You could work in a clinic somewhere under somebody, or you could hang out your own shingle and be Dr. Livingston's occupational therapy place and actually diagnose and treat people on your own, right? Right. So we actually just learned about this in like our legislation class. But so currently I can't open my my own practice without being under a PT, which is um, 
because they already have that, like they can open their own and yeah. you know, all that other law stuff. Um, so currently I can't open without a PT above me, but it's in the works to where I can open my own practice and have my own thing, which was the other reason I did the doctorate because yeah. I want to open my own practice, but I didn't know any of this going into it. I just learned it on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> how timely. Yeah, exactly. But it's just kind of crazy how OT originated like during World War One, but MPT mm. came in like the 50s. But because they are more of the functionality and like you can see changes like in range of motion or just like it's more uh, quantitative um, and we're more of the qualitative part of it. And that's, you know, not to go on a rant, but that's more that's hard. Like when it comes to insurance companies, like um, making sure that you're getting paid because they can't yeah. really, you can't see, say like, oh, well, we help their mind and their functionality, like better quality of life. Like that's a big thing for us. So having, which is hard to measure. Exactly. My life is better now. Prove it uh, yeah. harder than I've got 180 degree range of motion now in my knee after my ACL recovery, a thing with which you're altogether too familiar. Right. Exactly. So that's kind of, where the profession is going and trying to change that. So we are respected. Um, and so we can get compensated mm -hmm. for, you know, the work that we do, but also just to make it known, like we are, what we do is important as well. Um, which is exciting. Cause I feel like sometimes I get frustrated cause I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm a PT. Like, I don't want to explain it to you, but <laughs> just, the yeah, don't time, like, it's at the same time. Like I'm also advocating for something that I'm passionate about and yeah. I mean, that's what I'm going to do in my everyday life of working. Like I have to advocate for these clients. I have to advocate that, you know, they need this um, assistive device in their house because they can't walk to the kitchen. Right. So that's what I'm doing. I'm really curious about your ch choice to do pediatric. And again, I think you'll be amazing working with kids. But from an OT perspective, my um, non-expert observation would be the country's getting older. There's a giant demographic blip about to hit people that look like me and even older who are going to need lots of OT to just deal with life as we live ever longer. The pediatric side, it sounds to me like would be more tragic in some ways because it's going to be kids coming back from significant accidents or pediatric uh, cancer, all sorts of horrible, depressing, terrible things. Yeah, you're going to help them get back to life. But uh, that would be a challenge, I think, versus on the older folks side, it's just can you continue to live? Right. Um, so for me, I feel like I just have a better, like I'm more of like a kid at heart. So I get along <laughs> with them better. Yes. So like, yes. I mean, like with Darius, like he's just very well-spoken with the adults and like, I mean, I can have a conversation, but like, I feel like people are very older. People are very attracted to him. Right. But like with the kids, like I'll get, not that he doesn't do this, but like I'd rather get to play with them and like, kind of just, see like what story they have mm. or like what story they're going to have. So when I did my observation hours, I did it with an OT that's um, a school-based OT. Oh, okay. Um, and so basically what I saw was kids with autism, Down syndrome, um, ADHD, um, just kind of like things that really distract them from excelling in the classroom. And I just remember this one time working with a kindergartner who had Down syndrome and she wrote her name for the first time and mm. just like, 
that kind of like feeling I just like I didn't want to cry like I'm a crier I'm very sensitive so that's the other thing like you were saying like it can be very traumatic yeah um, but how can I be that you know strong person for them how can I be that person that shows them hey like you might have this but you know the thing is like finding functionality in your disability so how am I going to do that with you so in the school system it could be like writing um different you know like i said before assistive devices like to make you focus more so like you have the weighted blankets or the fidgets and stuff like that but i mean sometimes i'm like this seems very common like if someone's doing this but like people don't know and like you're not expected to know right so like that's why i'm here but like you were saying in the hospital it would be more like spinal cord injuries Mm -hmm. brain tumors um you know anything and everything so i think that's what makes it exciting and i think for me like the life that i was given you know being able to play basketball my whole being able to just be involved in sports my whole life and the way that my body was able to move and i mean i went through acl but like that's not the end of the world but just like the way that i was able to move my body and how some kids can't do that just because that was the you know, that's what they were given, but like, how can I take that and change it into something that's better? Um, and like, give them that quality of life. Well, you have an enormous heart. Anybody that knows you knows that is the case. So I'm sure you'll be very effective at it. Let's go back to the Kayla story. I don't actually know much about your origin story. Go back as far as you're willing. Um, basketball interest in helping people career path and UC Davis. How did all that work out? Um, well, I started playing basketball in about third grade. Um, I was the only girl on the team. So (laughs) really you started on a a co-ed team. Yeah. So, and there wasn't a lot of girls that wanted to do it, which I was like, well, I guess that's what it is. So not until about like fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, like the end of fourth grade, I started meeting some girls that wanted to play basketball. So did that, but I also played, you know, soccer, softball. I did swim team all the way up until high school when I had to make a choice, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't really make a choice because then I ended up playing basketball, volleyball, lacrosse, and softball. In high school? <laughs> In high school. So my freshman year, I played softball and basketball. Uh, but then the softball coach was like, you need to make a choice. And I was like, okay, bye. I'm going to play basketball. <laughs> and then my junior year, I played basketball and lacrosse. Um, just to get like a different view and cross training. And I didn't want to just be sitting all the time, like when basketball was over. And then my senior year, my coach let me play volleyball because (laughs) I know it's different everywhere, but like volleyball was fall and then basketball was winter and lacrosse was spring. So I did volleyball, my senior senior year, volleyball, basketball and lacrosse. Um, But then unfortunately, in lacrosse during a playoff game, like in May, right before I was graduating the end of May, coming to Davis, I tore my ACL. I didn't know it was in lacrosse before you got here. Oh my gosh. So that kind of, so I had chosen, I'll kind of, well, let me, I don't know where I want to go with this. I (laughs) chose Davis. Let me like skip, let me skip to why I chose Davis. Cause it kind of goes, so I was kind of getting recruited a lot in SoCal and then up here is Davis and UOP. I eventually made it back to UOP, but 
Uh, I just chose Davis because of the community and the culture that not only like Davis as a whole had, but also the women's basketball team and just like how everyone was treated like family, you know, Jen first and foremost wants to um, grow you as a person while also growing you as a player. And I could get that sense from everyone around me. And she means that's not just words. It's how she actually lives. Yeah. And If you talk to any basketball player that has played under her, like that's, I feel like that's the one thing that they'll say and just how much of an advocate she is for women and women in sports, women after sports. Um, so just that's her. That's why I chose Davis. So backtrack. Uh, when I tore my ACL, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to take my scholarship. They're mm-hmm. going to not want me anymore. And so I had my parents actually call Jen because I was so <laughs> scared I, and I knew I was just going to cry. So anyway, she was like, no, we would never do that. Like that's ridiculous that you think that way. Like, of course we still want you to come. Like we're going to do everything and to help you. And I think in that moment, I was like, wow, like she really does care for me as a person. Cause I feel yep. like other places would be like, dang, that's our, like, we're so sorry, but like, we don't want you anymore. Cause you're not going to bring anything to our team being injured. Yep. So, um, I think that was just a really good feeling coming in. And obviously it was a hard process your freshman year. Um, yeah. And don't really know anyone trying to figure out your place on the team, but I'm not even involved in practice. I'm on the side. So just feeling really isolated. Yeah. Which was really hard. But I think that just goes back to the Davis family community. I mean, I knew everyone in the training room. Like we would always be talking, like everyone's checking in on each other. Everyone's going through something, you know, whether it's a strained muscle or, you know, I'm just a little stole, a little sore or I tore my ACL. Like everyone has something, you know, in common and just the team too. Like they try to include me in anything that they could, even though I was off on that, like they would be running sprints and they'd be like, you got it, Kayla. And I'm like doing my over there. So just like that feeling was amazing so i mean i just had a great basketball experience and career but what i was gonna say when you said you know we met we talked and everything i remember my freshman year when i was going through all this i was struggling my math class math 17a and i was just feeling very defeated i didn't Mm -hmm. know what i wanted to do i felt very isolated from basketball And I emailed you and we had never talked before. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I don't know what to do. We, I think we had just had a meeting, like a team meeting with you. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, I just need to reach out to someone because this is just, I can't just, you know, sit in my dorm room feeling this way. And I came to you and I cried the whole time. (laughs) I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know why I'm in this class. And I just remember like, I was venting to you, like we were BFFs and we had never met, but I just remember you being like so calm and so positive about everything. And just like looking at where I was right then instead of like, okay, well you want to do this and you need to do this, this, and this. It was like, how are we going to make you feel better tomorrow? How are we going to make you feel better next week you know like more short-term goals and I just remember walking away from that conversation 
a lot more at ease and like, okay, like mm. I can't do this. I don't need to have it figured out right now. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have that pressure. Like I yeah. need to have it figured out now. So I don't waste my four or five years here. And that's where I was. So that's why I was so overwhelmed and crying in your office. in the <laughs> building. So thanks for that. I hope you know that that really helped me. Uh, that's very humbling to hear. And thank you for sharing that. That's, that's a gift for sure. Of course. But so anyways, I think um, like when we had that conversation, I was like clinical nutrition, anthropology. Um, <laughs> I was I started as like a biological science major. Like I was all over the place. And my main thing was like, I don't want to take OCHEM. I cannot. Take <laughs> but anyways, about and I always wanted to do PA. So PA was like mm. on my mind, but obviously you got to take OCHEM if you want to do that. Yes. Um, so it wasn't until my junior year that I kind of like just sat down and was like, okay, like what do I find enjoyable? What is like, what is my purpose in life? And I mean, that's kind of a loaded question, but like what, like what makes me feel happy? What do I enjoy? And it came down to like, I like helping people. I like yeah. interacting with people. Um, you know, I like being active. I like moving. So that's kind of like where it started. I wasn't like hmm. OT, like it didn't just <laughs> come to me like that. And I feel like people have that perception of like, if I think, if I know my purpose, I know what I'm going to do. And it wasn't That's like that. really well said. It's not like that. And I think you went on exactly the right journey. If I could draw the path for everybody, it would be to just wrestle with who am I? What's my purpose? What makes me happy? And then start to figure out what the careers are that map onto that. Right. And I think that's hard because it's like, I mean, everyone goes through this, whether you're an athlete or not, but especially for athletes, like, okay, well, basketball makes me happy, but <laughs> yes. I can't do basketball my entire life. Like I could, pro you know, you could play overseas and stuff, but what about after that? Yeah. Um. So then I just got talking to my mom and like, you know, moms know best. So she was <laughs> like, no, we have that friend that's an OT. And like, Oh, wow. That's, you know, kind of what they do. Maybe you should reach out to her. Yeah. So reached out to her and that's kind of where it all started. We got, um, we started talking. I kind of asked her questions of what she does. And I was like, wow, this is literally like in my bedroom. I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, so I started doing the um, shadowing hours with her or just shadowing her. Cause at yeah. this point I was like, let me just see if this is something I want to do. So it ended up being something I wanted to do. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, what do I do with this? Like I need school um, or do I need school? I don't know. So then, <laughs> you know, to the Google search bar. Yes. Um, so I was there, um, figured out I needed to do grad school and then came the master's and doctorate, you know, all that stuff. Um, and with PA, excuse me, um, you have, to have like 2000 hours or something like crazy like that. So that was one reason I was like, no, I can't do that. OT, I only needed 50 hours. Oh, wow. Shadowing of um, interning of anything. So I was like, okay, well, that's easy. Yeah. Um, so I thought, but like, you still <laughs> have to remember, like you are an athlete, even if you're off season, you're still doing weights practice. You still got class. Um, so Jen worked with me like, and Komen, the strength coach just really well. Like I'll go earlier, um, to wait so then I can go do my hours, which was yeah. super helpful. Cause I wouldn't be able to do that 
if they didn't let me. Um, so I got the hours and then filled out the applications for a couple schools. Uh, oh, well, actually, I worked with you for my resume, <laughs> which is also very helpful because I think because I took the AMS 95. Yes. Um, my freshman year. But it's a long time ago, a long time ago. And, you know, as I was just saying, five minutes ago, my freshman year was a little, uh, (laughs) you know, I wasn't, you know, you weren't dialed in yet. Yeah. Yeah. So what am I? I didn't really get too much out of it. Um, So my resume was like babysitter. And then (laughs) that was it. But, you know, we sat down in front of Pete's and just kind of figured out how to use my sport as my resume. And at first I was like, this is, they're not going to want me. They're going to be like, it's just a basketball player. Like, okay. Um, but when I filled out that applications and I got interviews from every single school that of I, of course you did. Have you met yourself? Like, Come on. <laughs> I was like, Oh, maybe being a basketball player is <laughs> more than just being a basketball player. But I think you don't see that until you do the resume. It is hard when you're in the moment. Yeah, for sure. With UOP, I did two interviews and then I had done early admission. So I did two interviews and got accepted all within a week. Wow. So it was very like, boom, boom, boom. So that was very. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got accepted spring quarter of um, senior year and I was taking anatomy my senior year or spring quarter. And that was one of the prereqs. But they still accepted me. It was like, you know, we're going to, f- like, if you don't pass, you can't come. So I was like, oh, no, I can't like, I do this. But anyways, it worked out. And then I started January 3rd. So I had a couple months off, um, which was really nice. I substitute or I was a substitute teacher. Oh, wow. Um, in a kindergarten and first grade uh, special day class. Ooh. So, and I was like the long-term sub. So I was their teacher. Um, but I did that because I was like, well, this is perfect. Like it kind of gives me like a segue into what I'm going to be doing. And for sure. Um, yeah. So I did that. So now I'm in school and I will be graduating. <laughs> oh, when am I going to graduate? <laughs> Sometime in the future, but we're not going to worry about that because we're present and mindful. Exactly. What an extraordinary story. And that's just the easiest interview ever, Kayla, because you just are so eloquent in framing and sharing such powerful insights that I don't really have anything else to ask for now, except one. I always have to ask if we could go back to 18-year-old Kayla and have another conversation. Is there anything you know now that you would have said, would tell yourself back then that might have changed the path or made life a little easier or different? Um, I feel like I kind of touched on it earlier when I was crying in your office, but (laughs) that you don't need to have it figured out. And I feel like a lot of people say that, but, and I was even like, no, I do have to have it figured out because I don't want to waste four years at a good college, like trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, like it's always going to work out, um, whether you have to take extra classes or not, like it's going to find its way. And I think the other thing too, is like, I was so hyper-focused on my grades and like Mm. if I'm going to get into a program, but you know, they looked at my resume and it was the interview, right? It was like, you mean you have to have good grades to get in, but it's not like 
I like I had B's. I didn't have straight A's and I still got into a you know, an accelerated program. So it's just that I feel like I worried so much about that that it took away in some aspects um of my college yeah. life that I wish I could take back but at the same time it shaped me into where I am today. So I think that's very wise. Uh, I try not to live with regrets, but to live with lessons. And I, I put myself nearly in the hospital my senior year of college because I thought I had to graduate the 4.0 or my life was going to be over. If I could go back and tell my 18-year-old self to chill, bees are okay, enjoy yeah. your life and absorb the experience and learn instead of just focusing on the outcomes, I would have been so much happier and probably learned a lot more. But Wisdom is all about hindsight, right? Looking backwards. Well, yeah. I'm glad you've already learned that lesson at your still relatively um, tender age. And I'm so excited to watch the path of Dr. Livingston continue forward. Um, this, unfortunately, we're up against a time cap at Kayla Livingstone. We could hyphenate it. Kayla Conrad Livingston. Conrad Livingston. No, don't no, know you. <laughs> it has been a pleasure to catch up, my friend. I hope we will stay in touch. And I hope you'd be willing to be a resource for any of our folks that are interested in OT and want to talk about the path and the difference between the PT and the OT, because I think you capture that nicely. I gotcha. All right. That marks the end of this week's Aggie Evo World Work Coffee Talk podcast. Thanks for listening to the World of Work podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and forward this to a friend. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation.